May 26th of June. Been, been a decent spring so far. Uh, got a huge first hay cut. Hay cut the biggest, biggest first crop of hay uh, that I've ever taken off. Uh, and we've got several places. They're, they're like old pastures. They're old uh, building sites. You, you know, you, you mow the same amount every year. And, and you put it up. And, you know, you pretty much set your bale the same way with the same, you know, way to bale. So you got a pretty doggone good idea, you know, what, what the hay crop is just by counting bales. And by about 10%, this is the best first cutting hay crop, especially in the grass, um, that we ever had. And, and kind of unique, you know, the grass started off short. It was cold. Uh, we were wet. But then there in early May, we had like a week of that. 90 degree uh, temperature, actually kind of record setting temperature by just a few degrees. A very, very warm stretch. It was wet and then grass just, just exploded and very heavy. Uh, quality was good. Uh, you always like to get it up earlier than you get it up. You get it before it gets first. Uh, we, we were getting excessively dry, but uh, last last night, 25th of June, we got anywhere from three tenths to 1.2 inches, which the vast majority of the fields falling in the six tenths to eight tenths range. So, we feel pretty blessed this morning to, to be looking at this and, and seeing where we're at. But, I, but what I wanted to talk about on this podcast is just kind of the mood of the country. Uh, a little bit of it's, uh, you know, seeing a primary season go on, uh, See just you know what 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 does five dollar a gallon gasoline do to people? Uh, the fact that there possibly could be some rolling blackouts, the fact that we've shut down a number of our coal-fired power plants, even though we continue to put up windmills, even though we continue to put up solar systems. Uh, you know, you shut down two very large coal-fired power plants along the Illinois River, and it's going to be interesting to see how we get through this summer uh, electrical generation wise. Uh, and, and I, you know, you wonder, you know, the electric's upset now. Well, you raise that gas price from $5 to $6 and then you get it where there's no diesel fuel this fall. You got to remember at some point in time, <clears throat> these refiners are going to, have to start making home, home heating oil for the Northeast. You know, there's still a, a, a lot of homes in the, Northeast part of this country that you know fuel their furnaces with with heating oil, which is basically diesel fuel, and and that's going to have to happen. And of course, you, you know Europe's Europe, Europe runs a lot of cars on diesel fuel. You know you, you're hearing things, and I think I've maybe mentioned that before, where you know New York Harbor that hasn't exported petroleum products in like forever, you know since like World War II. And, when all that oil out of Pennsylvania was going out of the New York Harbor, is now, you know, exporting refined diesel fuel. Um, and, and I think before we get, you know, once we run into and get the, the baby food shortage in diesel fuel, and I know you're going to think, well, you know, the baby food, sh- baby food shortage is a lot more important than diesel fuel. Well, how do you get that baby food to the stores? You use diesel fuel in the trucks to get it there. 
you know, this this fall, if there's signs on the shelves at the Walmarts that said, sorry, we don't have any products because our trucks couldn't get any diesel fuel or death uh, to run to get stuff on the shelves, there's going to be a lot of upset people. And then you throw $6 gas on top of it, and you throw a possibility that they came home a couple times, flip the switch on their lights, and of course their house is hot, because the air conditioner hadn't been running, and they may find out that they're in a rolling blackout. Not going to be happy campers. And, and okay, my state is not really a good microcosm, just because we, we are like the California of the Midwest. But on the other hand, you know, you got California, you got my state, you know, Illinois, you now, you know, you, you see, you know, we're going to see if Colorado goes completely crazy or not. Uh, and yes, I said that. Uh, you, you can have some of my local friends get upset with me, but, you know, why, why would you shut down these coal-fired plants until you got the green energy up and running? It's because they need high-priced energy to make the green energy work. And part of this, uh, a lot of these policymakers on the liberal side have got more money than sense, as my grandfather would say. So the price of energy really doesn't matter to them, and they want to have their their you know, renewable energy. And so everybody's just going to have to pay the price because that's what they want, and they're able to pay it. Not probably really understanding why other people can't pay it. It's because you didn't go to college. It's because you don't have a good paying job. It's because you're. It's because it's because it's because. Um, when they they don't realize, not everybody makes the same amount of money that you do, and don't and do not have the opportunities. It, it, it's kind of like uh, th- those of you that know my wife's got her, uh, you know, direct to consumer meat business. She's got her meat broker's license. She gets you know, uh, meat packaged up, and you know she sells it basically by the piece that she's got boxes of different things she puts together that's, you know, people buy a steer in a box, quote, unquote, about 44 pounds of meat, which is no way a steer, but it's a cute little promotional meat. Well, I digress. The customer that is her primary customer doesn't really worry about what that cost of meat is. They just want good, tasty meat. It's all in one. And they got the money to pay for it. And not everybody can afford the price that she charges because she's not selling it at Walmart prices. And that's okay. And we understand that. And we're, we're, we're not one to be the provider to everyone. The problem is with energy. And, and, and energy's energy. You know, it's not like, well, I'll pay more for my energy so it's green, and you can buy the cheaper coal energy. You, you don't you don't get those options. It's energy's energy. And when you want your expensive green energy, that means you're making everybody else buy the expensive green energy. And that's that that doesn't work in a low dollar budget. So Back, back to people being upset, and, and I'm going to mainly go to the electorate right now. I've, I've never seen the, electric as ups, the, the electorate as upset as they are at the establishment. And those of you that have known me for quite a while know that back in the 
mid-90s, I'm like, I'm going to quit playing farm organization politics. I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to go do the real thing, uh, which worked out really well for me, going, going to work for the federal government a couple times as a presidential appointee. But uh, 1996, Al Salvi, that was the first big campaign I worked on. Al was the more conservative candidate. He was the anti-establishment candidate. Um, Al did not win in the general, but then uh, two years later, a friend of his, Peter Fitzgerald, once again was the anti-establishment, not the favored uh, Republican uh, primary candidate by the establishment, but he won the primary just like Al did two years before. But he went on to win the uh, general election and served six years in the United States Senate. So, you know, anti-establishment, anti-establishment. What, what's interesting, Al's wife is now running um, for office as the U.S. Republican U.S. Senate candidate. And for a number of people, She's not anti-establishment enough. And I'm sitting here going, the original anti-establishment people aren't anti-anti enough. And I, I think I think that's just people, they're upset over the masks. They're upset over the, you have to get this vaccine. They're upset over, you know, the high price of gas. You, you know, I, I got um, filled, filled the truck up with, uh, E85 the other day, and it was 60 cents a gallon cheaper than the regular gasoline. And it still cost me in a half-time pickup truck $97.23. Now, if you're working a job, haven't gotten a raise on basically what I'll call a fixed income, and you've watched the 50 bucks you used to put in your pickup truck, and actually, under Trump, it was less than that. It's probably thirty-eight dollars. Now become ninety-seven dollars with, with using ethanol with the sixty cents a gallon off. You know, it would have it would have been one hundred ten dollars without that that E eighty-five discount. Uh, you know, people are well. One of my friends, they're losing their minds, and and rightfully so. Uh, you know, and, and a lot of people have been cooped up with the COVID and everything was kind of opened up and everybody had a chance. You know, last summer when things started opening up, you didn't really have a chance to plan what your vacation was going to be, you know, plan to get ahead to figure out. Well, a lot of people have planned vacations or getaways already this year. So you're seeing a lot of people doing that. But I think eventually come about October, when the credit card bills are piled up. I know, by the way, we are putting debt on credit cards at like a record rate. I mean, just, just putting it on left and right. I mean, going at it, you know, and the savings rate there during the pandemic was really high because people weren't going anywhere and spending anything. Then what's kind of interesting is that it appears to me from looking at spending habits, people aren't buying stuff like they did during the pandemic. You know, you ordered stuff from Amazon, you ordered this, you ordered that, you got, you know, whatever. Um, this time, they're going out to eat, they're going on vacation, they're they're doing stuff before they get locked down again. And believe me, with an election coming, there's some people thinking, how are we going to lock them down again, you know? How do, how do we do the mail-in ballot thing, you know? We, we 
gotta we gotta get this right this time. We 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 got we gotta get it we gotta get it right where we don't shut the boat down in the middle of the night so it don't look bad. I yeah, there's so much you can say, so much you can comment on, but I digress. The the fact that that people are as upset as people are means you're gonna have some interesting results. I think not o- not only off of the primary in my state, and people people may be more upset in my state because it is so one party dominated. And it, and if you're not of that persuasion, if you're not looking that way, you, for lack of a better word, tend to be more upset. And the fact that, you know, the north end of my state is farther north than New York City, and the southern end of my state is farther south than Richmond, Virginia. You know, there's almost a third of my state farther south than the northern tip of Kentucky. And that, that's a big geographic spread, and, and that's beginning to be a big spread in the way people look at the world. You, you know, and, and I find it interesting, because those, those, those the, the, the far south, that used to be, quote-unquote, your old southern Democrats. Well, ain't Democrats no more, maybe locally, but not on national and statewide issues. And, you know, the, the old movie uh, that, that came out in the 1980s, I think it was, could have been the late 70s, you know, the guy had the line, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. Uh, that That's where these people are. And, and, you know, people could blame Trump. <clears throat> it's not Trump. Trump is just, Trump just figured out this is where the electorate's at. I can tap into this. Uh, we can go on down the road. And... For all of you out there that, that didn't like his mean tweets, that didn't like him going after people, making nicknames of people and everything else, how do you like your $5 gasoline? How do you like your extra regulations? You know, you know, Biden wants wants to drill more. He wants these gas stations to lower their costs and everything else. But all he's done is added more regulations to everybody. And if they're not smart enough, smart enough to figure out when you add regulations, you add costs, then they're, they're you know, I actually think they're, they're smarter than this. They know. They know. It's just what they want. And the hell with the cost and the hell with the people, you know, you're just going to get used to it. You're just going to do it. You're just going to have to get a higher paid job. And, and I will say, you know, when you get to look at some of this stuff, you know, what, a beginning truck driver at Walmart, Walmart was advertising a, a salary of $100,000. Now, I will say that, that a number of tech deals have kind of imploded with the stock market, a lot of layoffs in that. Uh, a lot of people that bought crypto. Now, this, the, the, the crypto bust is around the world, but, I, but I'm going to throw a couple of numbers out at you. The amount of money that the Americans lost when the housing bubble burst in uh, 2000, what was that, 6, 7, 8, 9, probably started in 06, but it didn't really happen until 08, was $1.3 trillion dollars. And you get the value of homes went down. You just poof. That value is gone. Well, 
of course, this is worldwide, so it's it's everybody, but there's a lot of people in the United States that had money in crypto. It's a $2 trillion bubble popping. That's how much equity's gone. That's a lot of spending. That's a lot of money that people could be spending on stuff uh, and, and could be, you know, for lack of a better word, you know, you cash, you know, when you when something's worth that much, you cash in a little bit of it and spend it, or you feel like you got that much money, and so you you do go ahead and spend your other money because, oh, I got my crypto here, and it's worth, you know, X number of dollars, which today it's not worth near that, not anywhere near that. Now, I'm, I'm not saying not own crypto, you know, you bought Bitcoin when it was a dollar a coin, and it was not that long ago that you could have bought it for a dollar a coin, uh, and it went up to sixty-eight thousand, and now it's back down to what nineteen, twenty thousand. And I had one person tell me, "Well, we could drop to six thousand dollars a coin, and it still be it still be a it still be at its long-term uptrend." And I, that that tells you something how high and how fast it jumped. When the long-term uptrend is 10% of what the value, well, actually it's about 8% of what the long-term value was. That that that's that's some tulip bulb explosion there. Uh, will we get back to that? I have no idea. Don't don't go buying crypto or selling crypto on my advice because I wasn't smart enough when it was a dollar coin to buy a whole bunch of it. But. Back to the electric. I think I think I think this fall is going to be very interesting. I think it all depends on what goes on with this economy. I actually think we're in a recession right now. I, I think the, the the main reason, quote unquote, that we that we are that that you're not seeing it in a recession. One, we still have high commodity prices, which have slid back. You farmers know that has slid back in the last week, two weeks. Uh, you know, we're well off the highs, but we got the high commodity prices that, that are still doing things. The fact that, that you know, I, I, I use this term, a huge ocean liner, even when you shut off the engines, even when you reverse the engines, even when you turn the rudder, it takes a long way for a big boat like that to start turning. And we're, we're out in the middle of the ocean plowing along, and, and we've got a course correction coming here. Started on a course correction, but it's it's a while before you figure out you've done a course correction, and I, it just feels like to me we've probably already entered a recession, just for the fact that that you know so much spending is planned ahead, and I think planning ahead is probably people saying no, we're not going to do that. We've done this, we've got now, we've done our COVID escape done our post-COVID vacation and now we got to figure out how to pay for this damn gasoline. And, and believe me, it, it's it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be fun. Uh, and, and you're reading articles now, well, we don't understand that much about inflation. And, you know, they're trying to make, they're trying to make excuses for the Federal Reserve. They're trying to make excuses. You know, there was a lot of stimulus money dumped in the economy, and and you're going to say, well, it's, it's because you it's because you're back in Trump. Because 
you know, Trump dumped money in. I think he dumped money in the right time. He dumped it early. Dumped it often, but dumped it early. But when Biden got in, Biden had to come in and he had to kind of dump down on this thing. He had to show that he could spend the money too. And, you know, now they did not get the bill back better, which I think was really, really good. But he still had his other stimulus program, you know, where he, especially families with kids got a bunch of checks. Not everybody got a check, but families with kids. I mean, there, there, was, there was some other areas. There was a lot of government money that was tossed out. That stimulus money probably really primed the pump of inflation. But Biden's moves on energy... And he, even though it takes a long time to turn that ocean layer, when people seen him say, yeah, I'm going to do a war on, you know, carbon-based energy. You know, he said that in debates. And and people like, okay, it's going to go higher. I mean, all, you know, the quote-unquote, the, the smart money in the room knew where this energy cost was going to go with the Joe Biden administration. They knew what they were going to do. And that started this thing heading the way it started heading, which which was, you know, energy going up. And the cost of the regulations. That, that was one that, that that will go down, maybe in my mind, even more than the Supreme Court stuff was Trump deregulating like he did. Now, the problem is Biden undid all that, whereas the Supreme Court Biden couldn't undo that now. I can guarantee you that the, that the liberals are going to be talking about back in court. They're, they're going to, you know, a whole bunch of other stuff. But I think time is going to get short on them. I think they think this is going to change the, the midterm elections. But I'm going to quote Bill Clinton, best campaigner in a long time. It's the economy stupid. And every time people go to fill up with gas and they're going to get credit card bill in July, a credit card bill in August, a credit card bill in September, a credit card bill in October, and probably their early November credit card bills before they vote. So that's four or five more credit card bills that they're going to sit there and look at and say, oh my God, did we really spend that much money? Well, when, when you're cracking gas off at 100 bucks a clip, it don't take too many fill-ups to be there. Now, now something, um, now some, some, something that that I think we got to look at for in rural areas. What what I call people's five acres of paradise, ten acres of paradise. You know, the little rural farmettes, the little you know farm in the country. You know, whatever you want to call them. Um, I call them you know people's little piece of paradise. I think the acreage in the country with a house on them are going to struggle down the road here real estate wide, real estate wise, probably earlier than other things are, just because people are going to get tired of putting the gas in the tank. Uh, people that will be buying houses will be starting to say, wow, if we buy that house 20 miles from work versus the house four miles from work, that's 16 more miles times twice a day times two of us, that's 60 miles. You know, they start adding it up, and it's 15, 20 bucks a day in gas. Doesn't sound like too much, but that's, you know, five, six hundred dollars a month. And, and that can make some difference in a, in, a, in a house payment, in a family budget. And I think some of this 
what I call rural paradise uh, properties are probably going to cheapen up first, and, and maybe possibly you look you, if the housing thing starts to break, you look for those first. You know, the work from home, the remote, all that has changed things, but the problem is with a lot of these rural properties too, they do not have a good internet connection. So it's hard to work from home when you don't have good internet. So you got to be somewhere where you got good air and internet and you can work from home. And why not do it where the grocery store and the Casey's and everything's, um, you know, five blocks down the street instead of 15, 20, 30 miles. Well, hey, I, I, you know, I haven't seen the electorate this wound up. You know, they, they were wound up in Obama in, in 9 and 10. Well, really, it was 10. You know, the Tea Party movement. You know, you had the, you had Duke Gingrich's contract with America. Uh, and, and I think, I think that, that the Trump voters were just an extension of both of those movements. But I think this next one may be real interesting because there's going to be a lot of people that are like, yeah, I don't like the mean tweets. Yeah, I don't like this. I don't like that. But damn, I can't pay the gas bill. Well, hey, uh, we're, we're going to find out in my state here in a, in a few short days um, just how upset the electorate is. And it, it's going to be an interesting Tuesday night. That's all I can say. The smartest audience in agriculture. Thanks for listening.